0: You are listening to the Robert Scott Bell Show. Is there a doctor in the house? Doctor, doctor, give me the news.
1: I got a bad case of loving you. Doctor. doctor,
0: doctor, 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 and doctor.
2: It's time for Advanced Medicine Monday with Doctor Rashid Batar.
0: I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. I'm a doctor, not a coal miner. <laughs>
1: The doctor is in. I got to
2: check with you, Dr. Bittar. Last hour, we covered a, a story about folks that will say if you don't vaccinate, that you shouldn't be able to access anything that modern medicine has to offer. And I was just like, my thought was like, yeah, no herbs for you if you vaccinate. No homeopathy for you if you vaccinate. I mean, come on, what kind of numb nuts say that if you if you don't like one thing on the menu, you can't have anything at all?
0: Yeah, I thought, wait a second, that was only me that used that kind of language. Is that acceptable?
2: You could say Numbnut. <laughs> you said
0: some well, things so a little. <laughs> that's like one of the vocabulary words I can use, huh?
2: <laughs> yeah, it's a, yeah. You're officially approved to say Numbnut anytime you want. Okay. But you know what I'm saying? It's kind of like—is that in medical school? If somebody rejects one thing, they, they should be banned from everything.
0: Well, if that was the case, then there was, would be no. There would be no point in having informed consent because then informed consent could be used to manipulate people and say, "Oh, you're not going to consent to X." Then guess what? You're not going to get Y, Z, or A, B, C, or D. I mean, that no. is the epitome of absurdity uh, the bottom line is the whole point of having freedom of choice is to use you have the choice uh, that you have the freedom to make the choice that you want it doesn't mean that you can be manipulated just based upon uh, somebody else's impression and and belief system saying oh you don't want to be- do this then i'm not going to let you get all the access to the all the sure. other things
2: now yeah. and, and, and dr batar this is it's a little different than somebody coming to you for assistance and then rejecting you know they reject what you're telling them you know, that's different. Then you go, okay, well, I'm not the doc for you. You, you know, that's fine. That doesn't work. But I'm, we're talking about blanket statements saying, oh, all you anti-vaxxers don't want to vaccinate. Well, then you shouldn't ever be allowed to come into a doctor's office.
0: Well, let me tell you, um, if I have a patient that comes to our office and rejects what I'm saying, mm-hmm. it's absolutely, because I, I make sure that what I say in the, in the first visit is always balanced anyway, because I don't know who they are. We've already sure. had undercover, to cover, you know, medical board, blah, 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 stuff, so not only that, though, I also don't want to taint their thought process. I want this to be their own um, decision, and right. I'm here to provide. I have my own belief system. I don't want to impose my belief system on anybody. So if somebody comes to me and they uh, – let's put it this way. I've never had anybody that's come to me that rejects my belief system, because only those people that already have the same belief system as us come to us. Right, So right. that's one thing. In the rare occasion that I have somebody that's not so sure mm-hmm. – I will find who, who that staff member was that booked the appointment because we have a filter mechanism in our clinic that if somebody is thinking or shopping around, they are not to schedule that patient because we don't have time for that. I mean, right now, we're booking into September, October. Wow. You know, if that spot gets taken up by somebody that's not sure, it's not that I don't care about that person I mean I don't know the person but I don't want to get vested with that person when there's somebody else that needs that spot more
2: right so and that's ready
0: staff has mm-hmm. been trained to see the people that maybe the shopping room, refer firm somewhere else the people that mm-hmm. 100% you know tell me what I need to do stand on my head chant a mantra whatever it takes those are the people that get booked the rest of them you know just put in fact it's a waste of their time and a waste of their effort to come to the office anyway. Because I'm well, and that's the, that's the
2: purpose people. of good screening. Like you said, it's like you ask the right questions. You kind of find out where people's head or heart is at to say, you know, this is this is the right path for you, or you're not. This is not your path. And it's like you don't you don't have anything bad to say. It's like it's just let's let's go where you're most. It's most appropriate for you to be at this point. And if that's not here, that's cool. But we don't want to bring them in and waste anybody's time.
0: Well, that's exactly right, Robert. And then on top of that, you gotta remember, I was brought up on ethical breach of conduct becoming a physician from two thousand seven to two thousand ten, which is what led me to lose my office, was because I was brought up, remember, on those charges of giving false hope. Now that's yes, an oxymoron right. because if it's yeah. if it's hope, by definition, it's real, and if it's false hope, then how can it be hope in the first place? Because it's yeah. false. Hope means having the having the possibility of having a different outcome. So, you know, I I have gone over in my head. Have I ever given false hope? And then I think about the people, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago that were told whatever, like children that were, the parents were told they need to be institutionalized and today they're in college, they've graduated, they have their own employees, their own businesses, or or patients that were told that they had six months left to live and they're now, I have a patient actually that's going to be in March, this this month, is her fourteenth year anniversary being cancer free after going through her treatment? She had a certified letter from her oncologist saying that if you continue the quackery in mm-hmm. North Carolina, you're going to be dead in six months. We have the letter from. In <laughs> fact, she's on the. Um, you know her. You know Rosie.
2: Yes, of course.
0: Okay, and so you know Rosie yeah. came to me in two thousand and one. So, in fact, yeah, that's right. I forgot that. Uh, that there's a mutual friend. That I actually met you about that time Huss.
2: Yeah. It's, a, it's as absolutely as well. incredible. you're going to be dead in six months. You know, she's going to outlive the doctor. who told her that.
0: Yeah, and you know, you know her personally, so you know this isn't not uh, you know something that I'm just making up. You know, you know this But that person. was the you crime she of actually when she came to me. Yeah, and that was that was 2001. It's 2016.
2: So that was actually 15, 15 years. 15 years. Yeah, I was just thinking that that's you know what has become criminal. I also covered some you know constitutional issues in the first hour. You would have enjoyed, but uh, the idea that the government could make criminal healers who heal by mechanisms or methods that are not approved of by the king of course this is the antithesis of a limited form of government i mean our founding fathers they fought a war to break free from a crown that would be the sovereign that would tell everybody what they can or can't do on a whim and now we have a government that operates pretty much on a similar whim And they're upset because, you know, there's some outsiders that want in. (laughs) You know, it's it's very interesting to see what's happening there. But in the healing realm, we've been tipped off to this kind of behavior from government long before a lot of folks have. I remember when I used to talk about doctors being persecuted and prosecuted and losing their license and going to jail for the the crime of healing cancer without chemotherapy, radiation, or surgery. I used to get calls to say, you're making that up. You're lying. You're exaggerating. Like, dude, no, this is actually happening. People just didn't know.
0: Well, uh, you know, Ty said a long time ago, Ty said that what happened to me is the modern version of, uh, like, things that happened with Rife or Kelly or any of these things. The only difference is, you know, those people are gentlemen, and I'm not a gentleman, and I I, I refuse to deal with that type of um, injustice. You know, to me... You go overseas, and you have to take your dog tags off, and you have to take off your American flag off uniform. And you know, God forbid, unforeseen circumstances were to occur with the U.S. forces that can't be acknowledged there. You've taken life far under the guise of uh, freedom and patriotism and then you come back home and your own fundamental freedoms and those of your patients are trampled right in front of you you start realizing that this is all BS and you know I'll tell you this isn't just with medicine this is with every aspect of life and this is the reason I believe that Mm -hmm. Trump is having so much support because people are tired of the politicians and the garbage that they're spewing regardless of whether, whether you agree with Trump or don't agree with Trump or think he's an idiot or whatever his popularity I believe is a direct correlation with the, the fact that he's not a politician. And, you know, if you look at it. He's like Ross Perot in some senses, because Ross Perot ran a business, and Ross Perot, this country, needs to be run like a business. And I think that's exactly what you said about how people are, how, how people are uh, tired of the government regulating if the crime is to heal, or the crime is to have, eat um, raw milk, or drink raw milk, or, the, or to grow mm-hmm. your own food. I mean, you know, these type of absurdities just mount upon one upon another, and people are getting tired of it. And so when somebody from outside of the political establishment comes in mm-hmm. and says, hey, I'll run and And has it you know, doesn't doesn 't hesitate what he wants to say, and says how he regardless whether you believe or agree with him or not, at least he yeah. says what he, what he feels and th- there 's some there 's some good about that at least you listen to what the person's saying you know what i 'm saying there I, I do
2: where- i think that 's the one thing that the, the political observers are just so aghast about because how can he say these things, and his popularity continues to go up because any other politician that scripted would it would be over every time they predicted the demise of of uh, of Donald Trump, it's been the opposite. And... The
0: reason is very simple. It's because people have a good BS meter and mm-hmm. they resonate with the truth. And regardless of whether you agree with him or not, or whether he's right or not, he is speaking his own truth and people can sense that. Yeah. And that's why he's a brush of fresh air in the sense that whatever he says, you know that's exactly what he's feeling. You know that mm-hmm. he's not sitting there spewing something out just to get a vote. He's saying what he really believes, even though it may be absurd. <laughs>
2: You know, I'll, uh, I'll give him his props for that, indeed. Yeah. And and we know in this case, of course, uh, it, these things aren't necessarily corrected from the top down. It's sort of like you, you make what's there obsolete, and then it has to conform to that new level of acceptance or unacceptance. And we've gone so far beyond constitutionally limited government. and as, And also, you know, I recognize there's a lot of fear associated with standing up to a bully, but at the same time, if we don't, then, then they'll bully somebody else. And are we partly responsible for not at a certain point stepping up and go, you bullied me, don't do it to me, and don't do it to anybody else? Yeah. And what is our obligation there? And, you know, if, everybody's got to answer that question themselves. But I, I think that whole idea of if you don't like this part of it, you you have to leave the country. Like there are people who are saying if Trump is elected, they want to go to Canada. I find that very funny. It's like Canada's not going to accept you. <laughs> they, they don't need you. Uh, but but the thing is just just you know deal with the, other the thing issue. Is, hey, that's mm-hmm. fine. Go to Canada. Yeah, if you want to, and if they do accept it, great. I love Canada and Canadians. I have nothing against them. Good yeah. people, very nice people. But the reality is here, freedom, individual liberty. This was not a kingdom. This was not uh, to be ruled under over over by a crown or a, a a monarchy of some kind, and yet we have a bureaucratic oligarchy just in, in evidence of watching them attack the healers. Or, you know, the, I mentioned the issue of CBD cannabidiol from industrial hemp. Won't get you high, but even if it did, that's the secondary issue. It doesn't, and the FDA is trying to attack it as, a, as if it's a drug simply because they're trying to protect the pharmaceutical interest and in patented use on that particular thing. That's so far removed from freedom. People one day have to wake up and say, you know what? The FDA is completely anti-freedom. It's not here to protect the public from dangerous food and drugs. In fact, it's protecting the purveyors of those dangerous foods and drugs.
0: That's exactly right. I mean, they are, to me, no different than the Gestapo um, during the, you know, Second World War and First World War. I mean, they're, mm-hmm. <laughs> they are uh, an- they're the enforcers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they'll do it at whatever cost. They, they don't care. Life, yeah. liberty. It doesn't matter. They, you know, that's, that's, that's inconsequential. It's just a collateral damage.
2: Hey, I'm going to be at this thing called the IAOMT next weekend. You know that one, the International Association for Oral Toxicology.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I was there a couple of years ago. In fact, uh, my, I launched our, our mercury removal protocol there. I think it was like eight years ago when I gave a lecture there.
2: Very cool. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing Boyd Haley there. So I'll let let you know. I'll give a hat tip from you. But uh, anyway, when we come back, I wanted to get to this topic that's uh, on the Daily Beast about you can heal yourself with your mind. And in parentheses, it says for real. I mean, they're shocked about it. We're going to get into their reluctance, but their reluctant acceptance that the mind does play a very big role in healing, even without drugs. Stick around. Lots more advanced medicine to go with Dr. Rasha Bittar right here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Medicalrewind.com if you ever miss a show. Hundreds of hours available.
1: Who'd you say that masked man was? It's a bird. It's a plane. It's- Robert Scott Bell. Here I come to save the day. sense out of medical propaganda. Here's Robert. Each week we get together at this time with Dr.
2: Rashi Batar to do some advanced medicine together. You can find him at Dr. Batar, drbutta Also, I mentioned medicalrewind.com. Hundreds of hours of archives for free available to you of all the advanced medicine episodes we've done, which is some great stuff. It continues to be great, Dr. Batar. Really appreciate you. Uh, you can heal yourself with your mind. For real. This is in a, um, a leftist, um, what do you call website called the Daily Beast. Uh, and, you know, they're often very much strong worshippers of the pharmaceutical industrial complex. They're very pro-vaccine, you know, so you know where their mindset is. Yet this woman who's writing this has written a book called Cure a Journey into the Science of Mind Over Body. Joe Marchant is her name, I believe. And she's kind of struggling with something. That she's acknowledging that the mind is very powerful in its ability to help heal the body, but it's a struggle because they, you know, they dismiss homeopaths because we don't want to vaccinate, and you know they, that we may be a little more reluctant to resort to an antibiotic. You know, it might not be our first resort; it might be our last resort as a, you know. And so they they have animus against us. Yet yeah. embrace this concept of the mind as a healer. And it's sort of a schism for them. And I'm reading this. I'm going, this is an interesting dilemma for them.
0: Yeah, it is interesting. And, you know, the key words that always put a smile on my face are false hope. And <laughs> yes. just says that here in the third paragraph of this article, actually. When uh, let's, say, let's be clear. Claims that the mind can heal aren't harmless. When made in the absence of evidence, they raise false hope. And if people reject conventional treatment they need, they can die. Well, guess what? Many more people that accept conventional treatment die.
2: Yes. And so... That's where they have the cognitive dissonance, Dr. Bittar. They don't recognize that side of it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: They don't. And um, so, it's kind of like when you said, you know, the, the, uh, the... emperor when when people realize that the emperor wears no clothes type of thing yes um, yeah. the awareness is there now there's so many more people that are becoming aware of Robert uh, mm-hmm. it's actually probably more clear now to I think the general public because even overhearing conversations of people sitting on the chair behind me while I'm waiting at the airport and there, there are people talking about how absurd some of these uh, conventional thought processes are that are uh i'm hearing two people talking about how crazy it is that every place you go you see vaccines from CVS pharmacy and Walgreens pharmacy to kiosk and grocery food stores and these are not doctors these are just lay people i wasn't talking to them i just happened to be sitting on the opposite side of the of the chairs and mm-hmm. i can hear these two people talking about how crazy this is and how some idiot up there thinks that you can actually start telling people to uh, get a flu shot and they are just going to get it and then the one mm-hmm. person saying you know I've heard that it causes, causes a lot of other problems, like Gulf War, and the other guys going, yeah, I bet you that's exactly what. So these are people, just lay people, coming to right. that conclusion on their own. These aren't people that are aware and uh, evolved like our listeners, maybe. These are people that are just the regular, uh, you know, non-aware people, people that still may be under the pretense that Mercury is no longer... In mercury vac- in, in the vaccines or in amalgams, mm-hmm. that they took that out. So many people used to think, "Oh, well, yeah, of course mercury's bad," but they don't have it in vaccines anymore. They don't have it in amalgams anymore. Little did they know it was still present. But. It's it's the awakening is occurring almost at an exponential rate now.
2: It is. We've talked about that consciousness shift, and some people say, "Oh, you guys are a bunch of new age weirdos," right? No, it's just shift in energy. It's a shift in awareness. It's all of the yeah. And we are weirdos, but that's beside the point. (laughs) But but you know this. You're right because I went for instance, I went to an organic uh, farm this weekend. Met a nice man from France. He's got a family here, and he started an organic farm. All uh, you know, trying to convert. Homes to Food Forests. I love it. And I went to this workshop, and lo and behold, there was, at the end, you know, I'm talking about some things to him and, you know, with the group, and this lady approaches me says, I'm a physician from Ocala. And I'm so disillusioned with modern medicine. I'm trying to find my way. I'm looking into functional medicine, and she's into organics. And I'm like, you know, I thought of you, Dr. Batari, at that moment. I thought, you know, we've been talking about this consciousness shift, and this is just coming out of everywhere. And they can't contain it. They can't control it. And I get politically, Donald Trump is a symptom of that. That the 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 outliers, the people that are not politicians, are just fed up, and they're going in. I'm saying whatever I want, and I'm going to win. Yeah. It's interesting, and we're yeah. going to heal, and we're going to help you heal, and the mind is going to play a huge part in that as we take this break. Dr. Batari and I, we're going—did I say that right? Dr. Batari and I will take. Yeah, my wife—I hear my wife all the time. No, it's I, it's me, it's, it's you, it's they. I don't know, English teacher or something. <laughs> all right, stream of consciousness here, Dr. Batari. We're going to be back, and we'll talk more about the mind and the power to heal, and some other stories listed in the show notes at robertscabell.com also link it out to Medical Rewind.
1: The Robert Scott Bell Show. In all my years of radio, I've never seen anything like this. The Robert Scott Bell Show. The information is so good, it requires no expiration date. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Alright, Dr. Bittar, on the. This- Mind as a powerful healer.
2: I mean, we, I love to talk consciousness shift and all of that too. But I mean, it is a consciousness shift for a skeptic who calls homeopathy quackery to acknowledge that placebo is real and that the mind is powerful. It's sort of like it's a it's a very difficult dance for folks in that condition, that limited condition that they have of a closed mind to have to open it a little bit.
0: Yeah, I think it is. It's, uh, it makes it tough for them, but <clears throat> so what. They need to be uh, toughened up a little bit. That's what I yeah.
2: look at it. I mean, Super done, what do you think this girl is, This woman is going through that wrote this book? She's really having to walk between two worlds and not get pelted by her, her uh, skeptic brethren.
1: Well, listen, <clears throat> for the longest time, the mind-body connection was something that was equated to, you know, witch doctor stuff, okay? Where it was, oh, there's no such thing. But as time has progressed, and by even their own scientific method it has come to light that there is a connection so now they're forced to have to try and explain it and they're not willing to go full bore and go okay well maybe you know there's this mind body connection is something we just don't understand but it works mm-hmm. so you know what they're doing is the 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 minimum that they have to you know admit to that they can explain through their science gobbledygook okay yeah. So that's as far as they will go. Even, even you know, uh, you know the king of of skeptics out there, Stephen Novella, has come out on, on his neurological blog uh, and has admitted to the fact that there is such a thing as the quote mind body connection, but it's an abbreviated version and it is explainable in his mumbo jumbo. Yeah. You know, as to how there is some kind of a connection, but there's not like the whole connection that other people talk about.
2: Right. Dr. Batari, you know, we've talked about the double-blind placebo-controlled studies, the so-called gold standard. You know, my mentor in homeopathy said there really isn't one because if you have a bias, even in a double-blinded study, toward the person that's giving you the medicine or the placebo, you're going to impact how that person perceives the experience. And now... They're acknowledging in this book, in this article, that one trial found that patients with irritable bowel syndrome had much greater relief from their symptoms if the practitioner was warm and empathic rather than cold but polite, regardless of which treatment they received. I mean, this throws the whole idea of a placebo-controlled study out the window.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's true. And, Robert, here's the thing. You know, this whole thing about mind-body connection, Mm -hmm. you know, we need to, to, like, actually... Straighten this whole thing out. There is no such thing as a mind-body connection. The mind and the body are one. They're not connected. They are one. That's like saying the, you know, hand and the arm connection. You know. So what are you talking about the wrist? I mean, it's all one. It's one.
2: <laughs> yes.
0: So this whole thing, it's it's coming from a mindset that created the problem in the first place, and that's what. Einstein defined as insane, that you cannot create the solution Mm -hmm. from a mindset that created the problem in the first place. So when they're talking about the mind-body connection, they're coming from a place that created the problem in the first place by disjoining the body and and
2: setting the Reductionism. It's it's, it's another form of reductionism.
0: Exactly. Exactly. You have a drug for this part of the body and this drug for this, that part of the body. And it doesn't make any difference that the drug for part A has a negative inhibitory effect on part B, and then you give another drug to part B to counteract the side effects. And so it just, it's just like a dog chasing his tail. It's absolutely ludicrous and, and yeah. futile.
2: It is opioid-induced constipation, right? Yeah. we got yeah. a drug for that. Don't stop the opioid. That's right. Yeah. yeah. You're right. This is exactly right. The, the reductionist view, worldview, the separatist worldview, if you say, it, it's all one. It's an extension of one. It's not like there's a disconnect, unless, of course, you pretend there is, and then all life see, uh, seems to match that until it doesn't, until it's so overwhelmed with evidence like these skeptics are having to confront now that they have to change their worldview, but still try not to say the word homeopathy.
0: Yeah, and the word homeopathy, never mind the fact that it's been around for a lot longer than many of these drugs, that it was used in, uh, in the, during the Civil War, as far back as the Civil War, and mm-hmm. obviously prior to that even, but back then during the Civil War, it was considered to be a conventional form of yeah. therapy, and now it's considered something alternative 150
2: years later. Remember, they say it's fake. Why? Because it can't kill you. <laughs> How do you yeah. know if a medicine is real? Well, if it can kill you, it's real i 'm not kidding you, and then there's this story out of uh, uh, natural news they covered GlaxoSmithKline was fined less than one hundred thousand dollars for killing 14 babies during a vaccine trial. They accidentally dumped 12 gallons of live concentrated polio viruses into a Belgian river. I mean this is crazy stuff that they get away with with you know for them, it's like a, if, if finding us a penny, like, okay, you can have a penny, nothing.
0: Yeah, it's a sad world. It really is. Mm. It's a sad world when people like that are allowed to get away with those type of heinous crimes. Because you know if there was an herb or some other type of homeopathic or something, some natural thing, of raw milk that killed, God forbid, one child, mm-hmm. and even the fact that it had nothing to do with the milk but it was just attributed to the milk, oh, it would have been all over the place. But nobody hears about this thing.
2: No, it's it's on then, but if it's something from nature... Uh, or case the fallacy of nature, or whatever they want to call it. But, I mean, I look at this, this GSK, uh, Argentina, they had a protocol at the hospital, recruited doctors, doctors took advantage of illiterate patients, you know, doing these, these trials on people that are what they call uh, therapy naive, and end up, you know, that they're they're killed through these trials, and then, you know, they're a slap on the wrist. Again, it's not, these are real criminals, yet they're being treated you know, it, it, as something like they're on the they're in the king's court, so they're protected. You know, we'll, we'll slap you on the wrist, and you can keep doing it.
0: Yeah, it's it's just not right. But people are quickly coming to that conclusion that they're not going to tolerate that, and and thus you have the advent of the popularity of people like Donald Trump.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and your point is well taken. I, I sure hope it is. It isn't so much that you have to agree with Trump on everything. I mean, you can't find one candidate you're going to agree with on anything anyway. That's just the nature of humanity. We're all a little bit different. Even people that are of the same religion, if you start querying them, you'll find that they have differences of beliefs within that religion. That's the whole concept of individuality. We were we were created as individuals. Sure, we're a tribal species. We like to hang out with people for the most part that, that kind of think the same way. But in reality, we have a uniqueness and Where's the appreciation for that uniqueness as opposed to the need to homogenize that everybody should be the same?
0: Yep, I totally agree with you, Robert. I couldn't agree Mm. with you
2: more. Otherwise, uh, we deal with inflammation, Uh, (laughs) of course, which is an appropriate response to injury, but is problematic when it becomes chronic due to any number of things from uh, deficiencies, toxicity, or emotional stress that never goes away.
0: Emotional stress is a very, very significant component of chronic disease, and how it contributes to the chronic oxidative stress and and furthers the problem um, at a rate that sometimes is difficult to to stop. And if you can't stop it, then you can actually abate the conti- continuity of that disease process. But you know that low, chronic, insidious stress state causes mm-hmm. immunosuppression and all sorts of other things. Um, that they almost call it, it's uh, referred to as a um, chronic insidious, uh, you know, the subclinical mm-hmm. component of it. So it's not enough to create a clinical impression. It's subclinical, but the continuous stress of it contributes to the problem.
2: Yeah, and and again, coming back to the story on the Daily Beast, which is so astonishing, they acknowledge the role of stress reduction, Right. How is that? I mean, this is an energy, right? You're shifting your energy, you're shifting your belief system about events. You're getting supported in emotional non-drug ways and you're seeing impacts far beyond the placebo controls that led to the trials that led to the approval of the drug that could end up killing you and you end up not dying because of the emotional support you have.
0: Yep. And it happens a lot more often than we would think, Robert.
2: Mm. I like, I said, I'm just John. amazed by this. I, I'm really enjoying just, just looking at it and smiling and going, "Well, <laughs> we didn't have to convince them of anything. Eventually, they'll come over because it'll be so ridiculous not to.
0: That, that's, and that's a true statement, because at a certain point, they're going to realize that they're sitting there preaching to a, an audience that doesn't exist anymore, because everybody's already moved on uh, and has evolved, and so they, they have no other choice because they, are, they have nobody to talk to anymore.
2: :-hmm: Interesting. Now, some of these drugs, of course, that they, they, we know, they affect the physiology, the physicalness of the body, because they're very physical in their chemistry and how they interact with the body. I see. There's an interesting story here about attention deficit hyperactivity disorder meds. Now, we know that most of what's in the DSM, the psychiatric bible, is bunk in terms of assessing and saying you've got uh, some kind of psychological disorder. There's no real blood test, chemistry test, or anything yet. They 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 mess with your blood and chemistry. With their drugs Now this story is saying that these meds, like Ritalin, are find, they're finding in these kids they have lower bone density after they put their, these kids on these drugs.
0: Um, well, lower bone density is going to occur when you've got altered calcium metabolism, and it's actually not only calcium, but altered calcium um, magnesium metabolism, which means that they're essentially affecting the parathyroid. So that alters parathyroid hormone and also calcitonin, so that creates this osteoclastic, osteoblastic component that can create an imbalance and then you end up having osteopenia or osteoporosis or, you know, reduction in bone mass density. And so uh, are there drugs that do that? There's a lot of drugs that have all sorts of different implications on the physiology, which we don't quite fully understand, but we know that they create an inhibition and cause a negative inhibitory feedback loop at some point, which then has a relative imbalance that's created downstream, and it just continues.
2: Yeah, they said about one quarter of the kids on these meds had lower than normal bone density, twenty-five percent. And uh, you, you talked earlier about the you know the whole concept of the drug, uh, you know, inhibiting something in like a- area A, and then impacting unintended in area B, right? And this may be a classic example of that. In certain kids, this metabolism is altered, and suddenly bone density is diminished. Now, could it be that uh, the drugs themselves are impacting other metabolic functions that are uh, causing minerals to leach from them? I mean, there are any number of possibilities here, and they're just scratching their heads going, we're not sure what's going on. But we, but you should keep taking the drugs, kids.
0: Yeah, and that's, <laughs> that's again, one of those things that uh, comes back to what you were saying earlier on, that the... the preaching that's taking place, soon there's not going to be an audience there anymore to listen to that preaching. So yeah. th- these are the types of absurdities that are making people leave and drove the conventional standpoint. But you're absolutely right. It's a, it's altered mechanisms in physiology that cause this uh, This osteoporosis oc- uh, component.
2: To right, them. and it includes Ritalin, Adderall, and Strattera. When we come back to wrap up Advanced Medicine with Doctor Rasha Patel, we got a few more news stories to cover with you. Give us a call anytime, leave a message, or go to robertscottbell.com.
1: You're listening to the Robert Scott Bell Show. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Bell Show. <laughs> Rocking the health world through the power of radio. It's the Robert Scott Bell Show. If you're new to the show, particularly when we do the advanced medicine segments,
2: Dr. Bittar, uh, he's written a book. It's been out for a few years, but, man, it's still amazing. And you still refer to it. People read it, and they read it again. They go, I didn't catch that the first time. And it's called The Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Away. And you can get it on Amazon, all major book retailers, et cetera. But uh, fantastic what that has done for a lot of folks. And we've been talking about these things for years, and I, I just find it just fun, fun, fun. What can I say? I mean, I'm intrigued. I get into the mental body, and I enjoy the discussions too. But when we see the things we've been predicting for years just happening before our eyes, right? And it's like, you know what, you talk about it, and then it happens, and then it happens again. And then it keeps, like you, listening at the airport, and you're hearing people discuss the stuff that nobody seemed to know anything about just a few short years ago, sometimes a year ago even and you're seeing, you're witnessing, you're in the midst of this sea change that the media is loath to report about, except in an anomalous fashion.
0: Yeah. Um, it, the the good thing is that um, more and more people are not trusting the media, and that's another thing that I've overheard where people have made the comment, and this may be going off on a tangent, Robert, but I've actually heard people say, that. well, if you hear it in the news, you know it's not true. <laughs> that's it's, great. Um, hearing this just in passing. Mm -hmm. Not that you're participating in these conversations, but you're hearing other people saying uh, these type of things, making these type of comments, makes you realize uh, and actually have greater appreciation um, not only for this show, because obviously i'm biased because i 'm a participant in the show, but also because this is the only way I get my news.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I still find that funny, but appropriate too that's why uh you're such a happy guy for the most part. you know you just uh, see the positive in in life that we try to do, even though we acknowledge there's a lot of nasty stuff out there. I think you know on the media side, part we partly can thank Super Don, who was that Brian Williams? remember when he just made stuff up and he was caught doing it, and that's another layer that good people go. Oh man, he was like the most trusted guy in news, and he was lying to us.
1: He's back on the news too.
2: Well, on PMSNBC, yes, but I mean, he's yeah. not. They haven't. They haven't let him play at the evening news anymore.
1: No. Well, just I thought it was cancer. interesting that he's a newscaster again. Though after that, yeah. I, I thought he'd be done.
2: Yeah, but uh, they relegated him to cable news, where, where the lies are more obvious.
1: Well, okay. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the lies are more obvious. <laughs> I like that.
1: Yeah. Which is
0: a lesser which is a lesser form of lying, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. At least it's obvious. I mean it's apparent. It's like Hillary Clinton. Come on. You know she's her lips are moving, she's lying. She just she'll go into a southern audience, a black church, and she'll start speaking with a southern accent. And it's like, come on, really? Really? And there are people that will vote for her. I know that. I mean there's all kinds of consciousness now. We talked about the distinctions and the differences and even at the dawn of the american republic very small percentage of folks were actually wanting to basically cut ties with the crown we know that it's never a majority that says they want freedom they'll just go along with the crowd the vast majority will just go along with whatever and a small opposition you know would say oh no no we want to be under the crown and then you know the tireless minority that that's willing to fight for freedom you know they'll end up shifting the sands and the the majority that would go all right we'll just roll with them now
0: yeah, I'm going to see if I can find this uh, quote from uh, a former employer, a former uh, supervisor for Hillary Clinton, and what he said. He's a Democrat. He's a diehard Democrat, and what he said about her. I'll see if we can find it before um, the end of the show. Yeah,
2: we got about a minute left, or a little bit more, more than that. See if you can do that. I think it's probably a, a what was that guy Morris? Jim Morris? What was the guy's name? He became a commentator uh, for Fox. Whatever.
0: I, I don't know but what yeah, his name was, but I know that he was in a governmental position where he supervised her when she mm-hmm. first entered politics.
2: Yeah. Now, we do political healing here in a different way. You know, it's usually... Well, it is. It's rooted in these these healing principles that we apply to the physical body, the mental, emotional, uh, spiritual. And we talk about economics and politics as well, but from a, per, a principled healing perspective, you know, that in, involves bringing the healing power that you have inherent to your birth, your creation, back to you where it belongs. Yeah, I
0: what think that? that's that's a very important part for people to remember and recognize, and the body has the innate ability to heal itself. So embracing that and opening it up. And in fact, that's the subject of that book, you know, the mind over mm-hmm. the body. But the nature was even saying themselves. Oh, well, I think uh, my wife just found the uh, the comment, and let me read this real quick. Hopefully, ten we can
2: seconds. It. Do it quick.
0: All right. Uh, Hillary Clinton fired from Watergate. Okay. We'll have to figure it out, and to get it posted to you
2: before. All right, we'll get it out later. Thanks, Dr. Batar. Thanks, Super Don. Thanks, Patrick. Thanks to y'all. Tell your friends this is the place for health, freedom, and healing liberty, two hours a day, six days a week. Signing off for Advanced Medicine tonight with this special message. The power to heal
1: is yours. The Robert Scott the Bell, Robert Bell Show. Scott Bell Show.